0: other very well but can i say something sure you have to stop worrying so much about what people think okay like like that you keep looking at the camera trying to control how this is all coming across oh i'm not no i'm not trying to control you can't control life out hell you can't even control what chair you get by the pool who cares what people think you gotta love yourself warts and all i love that that's our clip of the week because i think that that that's kind of the perspective that we're coming at the comeback with is like that response of like of seeing what valerie is doing and what she's trying to do and how she's trying to control the situation i think that's like I'm super excited to talk about this show today because of that stuff. I mean, there's all the jokes and there's all the bits and all the quotes, but it's all the shit that's going on. And, like, the audio clip doesn't do it any justice. The world of response is going on in Valerie's eyes as this woman is saying to her, like, is calling her out, you know? it's What's so fascinating, I think, about this show is
1: when we see – valerie cherish being valerie cherish not playing valerie cherish mm-hmm. and not playing aunt sassy and not playing the wife on a reality show and uh you know and to lisa Crujo's credit you can see the difference every single time and in this moment of this clip of the week we see this struggle on her face while Donna, this a friend of hers, is confronting her while they're in Palm Springs. And she's basically like, stop. Stop! <laughs> you just look at the camera. Like, stay in the moment. Like, stop trying to control everything. And what what is so fascinating about... This past week, I I rewatched the whole Comeback series. And mm. what fascinated me so much about it is that this first season premiered in June of 2005. Yeah. Okay? You have RuPaul... And her drag race all starting in 2000 and
0: what, 2008, I think? 2008, yeah. I mean, I think when... 2009
1: even? I think it might be 2009.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, this was I'm, like, I'm going to look that up while we're
1: talking. But, like, I, I just... I I feel like RuPaul was watching this show and listening. The, what she says is exactly right on brand with RuPaul's message.
0: Yeah, it's really... It's. I, I mean... It's really, it was kind of the downfall of the comeback, but also why it's come back again for the second season, is because when it came out, I think nobody knew how to respond to this because it was so spot on about something that was, and Lisa Kudrow talks about this in her episode of What's the Tea, it was not something that was going to happen, it was something that was already happening, but people just weren't seeing it. And like what they were you know this this wasn't like predicting the future it was like no this is already happening this is like already the direction things are going i mean even this idea of the whole the whole conceit of the comeback being that you know a network is doing the scripted show and then they're also doing this reality show tacked onto it because it's like well you know we don't know which direction audiences are going so we'll if one fails we'll have the other and and that that was already happening because you know Like, as she was saying on the What's the Tea episode, like, people in that industry already knew that, like, scripted shows were too expensive compared to reality shows and in terms of profits they could make from it. And that the pendulum was swinging more towards reality television, and it was just this, like, perfect timing and this perfect commentary. Um, But I think at the time, like, nobody really knew how to respond to this. Like, it was so, like – there were it was so layered and people didn't necessarily get it.
1: I think now that there's so many Real Housewives shows and there's mm-hmm. so many uh, amazing race type of spin offs that we see we can see that drama is calculated, that it is fabricated uh, mm-hmm. not fabricated, constructed that there is an alternate reality to the reality show and just to piggyback on my last point RuPaul's Drag Race didn't premiere until February 2nd 2009 so this is is, nine. We're, talking, we're talking four years after this RuPaul starts preaching this message about loving yourself and 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 stop trying to control things, not, not, I'm not saying that RuPaul got this from the comeback but what I'm saying is that it's echoed in her message right as mm-hmm. if the world needs to know like uh this is all fake everything is fake stop yeah. taking everything so seriously it's a game laugh Jane laugh laugh it's all fake and I I just love love when I heard Donna say this speech I was like holy crap like there's call yeah.
0: there yeah. she is Yeah, it really, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's so it's fair to say that us talking about the comeback is totally still on message of what this whole podcast is about. And you might be saying, well, what podcast am I listening to? This is, of course, another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little TV show. And so I think the comeback really, you know, and we, I think we said this maybe in our last episode when we started talking about the comeback, um, it totally is in the world of Drag Race and in this paradigm, not just because, oh, Lisa Kudrow was on an episode of What's the Tea, but because there's there's this similar commentary about about society and about entertainment and about and what's real. And the that we put
1: on, right? Mm-hmm. These masks that we wear in different facets of our lives and what uh, what we want people to see versus mm-hmm. who we are, right? The drag that we put on versus, the you know, the boy underneath the drag queen. Um, and I feel like Lisa Kudrow's character, uh, Valerie, we, from episode one, she is her inner self, right? Her Valerie Cherish is trying so hard to break through. Yeah. This this very shallow kind of vapid shell that that has been created because she is because of all the pain that she's had throughout her
0: life. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, I mean I think that that's that's kind of having rewatched the show a couple of times now, I feel like I've just been like binging and rebinging on it and still just getting so many new things from it every time I watch it. But I think there's that thread all the way through the first season and into the second of when do you get to see the real Valerie? When does she accidentally shine through? Um, which is an interesting idea because it, you know, when Lisa Kudrow was on what's the tea, they were talking about it. Uh, RuPaul was comparing her to other actresses who kind of do a, sh- a similar—I don't want to say shtick, but a similar style—and she talks about Geraldine Page. She talks about Sandy Dennis, who are—it is. It's so like there's there's and here it is, everybody. Pour your first drink. It's all about that nuance. Like I'm right. saying that a lot. It is all about that nuance and. They about were talking
1: base,
0: about that base. So. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's my like Weird Al version of all about that base. It's all about that nuance, and and so they were talking about what's the similarity, what's the thing these actresses have in common, and uh, Lisa Kudrow's you know sort of take on it was that it's this idea of getting caught. You know, it's like oh, you got. You got caught showing something you weren't trying oh, to show. They caught yeah. you, you know, at a, at a moment that wasn't controlled, sure. which is so performed in the comeback and and is exemplified in that moment of like uh, you cannot control uh, this. And like the brilliance right. of the show is when Valerie gets caught and not ca- performing right when not we performing. see her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So,
1: Colin, I I think I I'm very excited to talk about the comeback with you today. But there are some things that we need to. Yes. house clean and, and, and set up the show because we're not going to just talk about the comeback today. Uh, yes. We have a a new little segment that we're going to call Give Her Another Take! Give Her Another Take! Give Her Another Take! Give Her Another Take! Uh, which is basically <laughs> uh, us revisiting all of the queens of season nine. Uh, we're not going to revisit all of them today. We want to kind of give um, just some special moments to each queen. So we're actually... Only doing four today, right, Colin? You have yep, two. Yeah, we I just are
0: starting with four today. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I have Eureka and Shea Coulee,
0: and I will be talking about Trinity Taylor and All And All right. Uh, you know, we've both done a little bit more research and a little more digging, trying to get a sense of of what what to expect from these queens and and really like what brought them to the Olympics of drag. What could mm-hmm. we find about them that says, oh, okay, I see who this queen is, and sure, um, you know, because again. The season hasn't started we can't make any clear predictions but you know we're just sitting around waiting for this premiere date waiting for something so we got to make a meal out of scraps and uh <laughs> learn as much as and i think we there'll can. be good
1: meals i think there'll be good meals
0: for yeah sure. yeah no i think there's i was i was very interested in the things that i found today so uh though that being said we we do have a couple of the things that we do want to talk about uh the one thing i wanted to talk about first um we connected with somebody on uh, on Twitter, uh, RuPaul's Brick Race, and uh, I think he had oh, followed this is us. So brilliant! Oh yeah, my God, I just love it. I love and it. And it, it was one of those things that, like, I I was like, w- I mean, I love the idea. Like when people do like the RuPaul Guess Who, like your friend who did like the Guess Who. Yeah, my friend Queens. created
1: a RuPaul's Drag Race Guess Who game, and we played it at his birthday. Oh, it was just so brilliant.
0: I love that stuff. I mean, it's just like. You know take your passion for something and make something creative out of it it's like it's yeah. why we're doing this oh, podcast yeah. so totally, totally. uh like so that. we got so we started talking to uh to mark who does uh rupaul's brick race and what he's doing is creating you know a lego version of uh of rupaul's drag race he has a workroom and he has uh created sort of prototypes for rupaul and michelle and for ross and matthews, matthews. Um, yeah and if you go on, so he sent us the information, and it's totally worth checking out. Like, here's how it works, is that uh, you can create these concepts and send them to Lego and say, hey, like, here's, you know, they crowdsource for ideas, but then a certain amount of people have to like that idea and support it for then it to kind of move on to the next round. And so it's, I think it's cool that Lego is like, all right, give us your ideas. What do you want to play with? Uh, and I think that this is like, I don't know, as a having played with Legos as a kid, like this... To quote, to quote Candy Ho, this this would be right on my alley. I (laughs) right on my alley. I (laughs) I just take another drink. I think that's also part of the drinking game. Uh, They're really cool, and and I love that you know he's been posting about this stuff on Twitter, and RuPaul and Michelle have have retweeted it and have shown it lots of love. So I think um,
1: well, and and you know the other thing that I keep thinking about starting to interrupt, but the the thing I, I love about this project is that it it's not the typical. Lego set that like would be sold. But I think that we're in a time when it absolutely should exist or yeah. could exist. Mm-hmm. and we need to just show, like, hey, adults would buy this. Adults could do uh, have a Lego set. I mean, yeah, even if even if I just bought it for my niece and I didn't have to explain anything about the show. I was like, oh, here are these funky Lego characters for you to play with because you love right. Legos. You right. know, this one, uh, you know, it has really big hair. Like, the, it, it's just – there's something so charming about that. And you don't yeah. necessarily have to have a conversation with your child about drag queens. It's they're just very colorful. It's very different. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, Batman and Robin or Harry mm-hmm. Potter. It's just like, oh, here's this – This other special little thing. This is cute. This is cool. And I think if we can get behind it, we can, you know, get some votes. I think that would just be kind of exciting to see, like, or at least to show, like, hey, there's, you know, people support this idea. And I support creativity uh, in any realm that has to do with someone's passion. So I was just really impressed with the project. Even before Mark uh, came to us, I was, like, a huge fan and and geeking out about this whole project.
0: So I'm happy uh, that he thinks. I think it's really cool. I think it's like it's it's creating another world uh, that you can play in, which was something like I used to do with Legos and action figures as kids. It's like, you know, creating a world, creating a, you know, uh, an environment and a storyline. And it's like I think this like, again, if I had this as a kid, uh, I wouldn't have to have any conversation with my parents when I was 19 about, oh, hey, I'm gay. We would have gotten it out of the way when I was eight. Uh, But (laughs) So,
1: (laughs) So, Colin, wait. So tell us how we can vote.
0: Okay, so here's how it works. Mary's, I think we can all get behind supporting, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race making its way into the world of Lego. All you got to do is go to ideas.lego.com and search for RuPaul. That's (laughs)
1: ideas.lego.com.
0: Offer code RuPaul and search for RuPaul and you'll find it. And then you just have to click support and uh, just kind of say, yep, I also think this would be a lot of fun and that's uh, it, that's all, you have to that's, it. Yeah. that's all you gotta do
1: so get your coworkers to do it get your classroom to do it I don't know, you know yeah to, I don't do know
0: it. I think it's worth it I'm I'm all about supporting another super fan of RuPaul's Drag Race we'll post this on our Twitter as well which is of course at Alright Mary, and you can join our currently 61 followers
1: 61, 61
0: star 61 that's right we are we are on the way to Important ARP year. Mary year. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah Uh, So you can join our 61 followers and you can find this information on how to go and to vote for RuPaul's Brick Race. Uh, You can follow RuPaul's Brick Race on Twitter as well. And uh, keep up with what's happening.
1: Okay, this next segment we
0: lovingly call.
1: All right, Amanda.
0: All right, Amanda. (laughs) <laughs> which is our, which is our segment dedicated to all things Squirrel Friends, the world of Squirrel Friends, and the po- little po- po- the paradigm that Nick and Amanda have created with this little podcast.
1: <laughs> well done. Well Thank done, you, Tom. man. That's a mouthful,
0: but. <laughs> Ooh, they are a mouthful. They are a mouthful. Wow. A- <laughs> uh, uh, tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they are. Uh, the well, there were two things I wanted to talk about. One, I think we should talk about. Of course, they are they are covering All-Stars right now, the first season of All-Stars. And yes. I was so happy to hear all of the Tammy Brown love.
1: Uh, uh, I was thinking about you, Colin. I uh. was like, oh, God. This is right up Colin's alley. And, yeah. you know, I love Tammy Brown. I absolutely love Tammy Brown. She when she literally could just stand up there and people could just watch her. Like I love yeah. that aspect of All Stars 1 when I think one of the judges said it. Like I could just watch you walk around on stage, that's enough.
0: Yeah. Oh, she's fascinating and it's like she's like I get it. She's she's not she's not giving you what some of these other queens are giving you, but like that's cuz she's Tammy Brown. Like it's a totally Yeah, she's yeah it's a it's a totally different brand. And I totally agreed with. I think um, at one point they were they were saying like some I, Amanda said, you know, Tammy Brown is like a perfect Snatch Game character, and I was like, yes, mm, that would be
1: your Snatch yes, Game. Yes,
0: I would be Tammy Brown for Snatch Game. Yeah. It's like it it's perfect. I'd be Marissa Tomei from My Cousin Vinny, yes. and you would be Tammy Brown, uh, and I'd be Tammy Brown. And I totally agreed with. There was that moment they were talking about. Uh, in the workroom when Rue comes over to talk to Tammy about well, who you're going to play in the gaffin and she says she's going to be Tammy Faye Mesner and she does that little impression she's like oh well geez now when's the last time we saw each other and it's with and there's like with the hand <laughs> on the chin like it's this <laughs> it's this poor nuanced thing that Tammy Brown does and it's like that's it that's what I love about Tammy is that she can do that like she's not she's not just like crazy in outer space like she knows exactly what she's doing you know mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I was just living for all the Tammy Brown love. It was... Uh, oh, it's it, great. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah.
1: And, and I, I, I appreciated All-Stars 1 so much that I went and watched that episode. Like, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I might as well watch along. I mean, I resist season, season 1 All-Stars because I'm kind of like, oh, I just hate the double eliminations. They make me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... It, yeah, I was very inspired. Very inspired. I, I, I wanted to interject another thing with All Right, Amanda. Amanda, I am so sorry for <laughs> your rude awakening that one morning when you put on All Right, Mary, and all you heard was March 7th, premiere <laughs> date. I am so sorry. Consider this our digital flowers. Yeah. Uh, our, our digital our Nina flowers. flowers. Yes, our digital Nina, <laughs> Nina flowers. <laughs> our digital brown flowers. Um, uh, we are so sorry. I, I am very sorry. I Because, uh, yes, I was very confused by all these you know premiere party stupid uh, you know fake things it's like well is it the premiere or not and i think you guys are right i think it's going to be march 20th or later um but i yeah i just wanted to throw that out there amanda i am so sorry
0: Yeah, I, you know, I've been on the subreddit trying to see if I can find any other info about when the premiere is, and, like, nobody knows, and those queens are getting antsy, they're like, this is just so fucked up, like, we shouldn't just be sitting, waiting, like, they are so mad, like, they need to think of their fans, it is just a mess now, it's like, oh, girl. We have to get our, our,
1: Record, our podcast recording schedule down, you know. Right? Oh, right. oh no! I mean, you're going I, to Barcelona. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's going to be a mess. No, girl, I'm sweating bullets. But all these other queens who are just sitting around refreshing the subreddit need to <laughs> five Gs. All of them take two seats uh, and have five Gs. Good uh, God, bro, good Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, the other thing I wanted to say is that uh, Nick and Amanda, thank you for doing the lip sync sorter. And
1: mm, very was, interesting results, yes. I, was, I loved your number one.
0: For yeah, sure. oh, I was so happy about that. And I love that they were just like, I don't even know. Because like, I have to be honest. I I know that we talk a big game, that I'm like the rain man of RuPaul's Drag Race. But I had to look up a bunch of these lip syncs while I was doing the sorter. I was like, sure, I, sure. like nothing going on but the rent like I'm like who (laughs) I love that song that song is great (laughs) I just I was just like when did that happen I'm like when when was there a LaToya Jackson song oh that must have been some season one nonsense Mm -hmm. so it was and it was also it was very hard because it was like is it song is it this lip sync because there could be a great song and a shitty lip sync there could be a shitty song and a great lip sync
1: that's very true that's very true you know I want to say I was I was just disappointed with one of the songs when they didn't know that trinity did what a man
0: i was surprised I mean, my like- heart
1: my heart just kind of broke <laughs> just a little bit i was like but 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 but, but 7-eleven but legs <laughs> 7-eleven legs open like seven eleven 11 legs and the milk my name is not susan i was just like yeah, but, but but that's the that's
0: the best one. <laughs> yeah, but how can you not know that? Yeah, I know it, it was. But they, it, at least they acknowledged the power of Trinity in sync. So yeah, yeah. I think we can all agree that like she was the lipstick assassin of season six. Uh, yes,
1: yes, yes. Oh, and I just just a quick shout out to them reaching over a hundred followers on Twitter. Yeah, it's really exciting. I'm really happy that they that they have you know such a nice following. I I just love that podcast. I think that they are so funny. Uh, and a, a lovely companion on a walk or a run, which is normally when I listen to podcasts.
0: Or a shower. Uh, <laughs> I So I have a routine <laughs> a where, bath. like, up, it'll come out on a Thursday. I'll, I'll listen to, like, part of it in the shower, and then I'll listen to more of it as I'm, like, walking to therapy, and then depending how the session went, I'll either keep <laughs> listening to it or I'll put on, like... That that playlist I put on after therapy, uh, <laughs> but uh, so so it's like yeah I kind of um, that's usually when I when I sort of listen to Squirrel Friends in those three parts, uh, and the latest episode was really funny. They were like by the oh, end, I was dying. Sort of, like I was singing ragtime was yeah, really Yes, funny. yes,
1: they were they were a little tipsy, I think, which yeah. I I really appreciated. I was like, oh, this might. This might help us Colin but I don't know, know.
0: maybe not. <laughs> oh God I mean there was actually one episode what was a few weeks ago where I was really drunk and actually I think it was the um, I think it was the drag my wedding one. It was one of them I had like gone to brunch or something and then we recorded oh
1: was... you recorded you were drunk yeah was...
0: and then listen to it later I was like, wow I made some salient points so <laughs> it's worth a shot um, but yeah so before we move on I did want to just give my top five. Uh, of the sorter of lip syncs all so right all right mary uh just since everyone else got a chance to but me uh the bottom ones i i don't think they're you know party in the usa was like the second to last britney spears oops i did it again was the last so at least we got to know it was at the bottom <laughs> the top five i have no complaints um though i do want to say top six Katy perry roar which is i do really love that lip sync top five emma sumac Malambo number one Okay. Four Donna Summer MacArthur Park, which fabulous. It's fabulous. As it's a legacy lip sync, uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's just you know it was one of the first best. Number three, Shaka Khanum Every Woman. Oh, uh, 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 yeah. Trinity. yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, Aretha Franklin Natural Woman. Okay, that is Colin
1: to a T. Yep, and you have been talking about that's like. Probably the one lip-sync that you've talked about ever since I met you as your favorite, as the
0: best, where you were like, oh, Latrice. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. this is everything. This is, this is how you lip-sync. Yes. I had a very hard time. I mean, number one, obviously, was Natalie Cole, this will be. I mean. Of course.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Thank no. You.
0: Obviously. From now, on, from, from now
1: on. From now
0: on. From now on. Hashtag wh- from now on. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag waving my napkin. Uh, Hashtag Dita. is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, what more can be said? It's, it is. It is the best lip sync. But I also feel like "Natural Woman" by Aretha Franklin is a work of art, and it is the thing that I think first hooked me into Drag Race. Was that lip sync? It was like, oh, that happens. Okay, all right. Well, yep.
1: and and uh, what, is, what was it?
0: Uh, giving me walking down the runway, giving you Quanza realness from Quanza Duel- realness. realness. Yeah, 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 that was the first. I was like, oh, I like that. I don't even know what that is, but I like that. Realness. Yeah, Kwanzaa realness. <laughs> oh, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, thank you. So that those were my results. I I did find this order. Sort of, it was a bit of work. But I'm very happy with the top five. I don't think I could disagree with that. So before we move on uh, and really dive into the comeback, there were just a few things, I'll, uh, you know, some Twitter love and some comments I thought were worth mentioning. Again, this is from our, our 61 followers and Going Strong Twitter account at All right Mary, which you can certainly join in on. Um, but just before we started recording, uh, we got a really nice tweet from Fabian Rivera, who I know is a big Squirrel Friend. Uh, he's a Squirrel Friend. I know they've, they've mentioned him as well. Okay. So, yeah. So we can thank Squirrel Friends, I think, for introducing us to Fabian. He sent us an article as well a few weeks ago that uh, we need to. We didn't. I never got a chance to talk about. But uh, I think the next episode we will. So Fabian, sorry we never talked about it, but it is on our radar. Is it Fabian, or is it Fabian? I'm saying Fabian.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to say Fabian.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know, listen, feel your oats, Mary. Uh, so he had tweeted. Uh, Let saying, me feel my oats. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? A white snake video? Uh, <laughs> So Fabian had tuned us and said, "My name is Fabian, and I'm a podcast junkie." And he included uh, Squirrel Friends Podcast Hour, us, Grizzly Kiki, Tony the so- uh the Tony DeSoto. What is it, Tony? Is Tony, Soto. Tony I, Soto. He's a friend of mine
1: from Chicago, actually. Right. Oh, he's fabulous. He also does. Um, he has a drag. His own drag character.
0: He lives in L.A. now. Oh, fabulous! Uh, the Wendy yeah. Experience, which is Wendy Ho. Uh, gay power hour and the pandora box show and there was this great little picture this with all all eight icons uh and you know, underneath it said beautiful minds inspire others and i was like uh oh. To be in such fine company with these seven other podcasts, I'm yeah, honored. Was very sweet. Um, you know, because what's the tease there? It was like, ugh, I just, I felt like I was in the top eight of you know season ten <laughs> of RuPaul's... we got past that
1: game, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: RuPaul's Drag Race podcast all stars, yeah. Like, even though these are not all necessarily just RuPaul's Drag Race, I, it was just very nice to see our icon there. I felt very proud of that. So, thank mm-hmm. you, Fabian or Fabian, uh, however you'd like to be called. Uh, you're very sweet. Uh, and then I also wonder, there was another tweet from also another squirrel girlfriend, uh, Kathy McPhee. And she, and this was actually, I thought this was some good tea that I wanted to give a highlight to because, of course, it's a reference to Joslyn Fox. Uh, but she said, did you guys know the Joslyn read about Darian on the toilet was actually Darian's joke he gave to Joslyn I... Which I did hear. I, did, I think it was like a, I think they talked about that at DragCon. And so I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. I think while I would have loved if that was a Jocelyn Fox original, there's something even more fabulous about Darien giving her that joke and saying, Here, use this. Like mm-hmm. from a from a Darian storyline point of view, it's like, Oh, I love you. Like that's <laughs> that's great. Uh, and Jocelyn did it really well. So uh, I did hear that. I thought that was a great little little piece of tea that was worth mentioning. Uh, because mm. I just missed talking about Jocelyn Fox, I realize oh. my days are our numbered boxy. with that. Um,
1: um. Do you want to talk about the email, and maybe we can segue back into the comeback with it?
0: Well, that was uh, that was my idea. Is that we finally we got an email from Sister Mary Jonathan, aka CC Desist, and uh, he he has submitted without content, and it is of course a clip from the comeback. Comments. Submitted without comment. Uh, oh! Submitted without comment. Excuse me. I don't have my glasses on. Uh, submitted without comment. Get his glasses! If... <laughs> he can't see without his glasses! <laughs> um, and it's a clip from the comeback of uh, Mickey and Valerie talking. And I think I think it's worth us playing without comment. You know who's
1: great? Ryan. Who's Ryan? Ryan. You know, that adorable
0: publicist from It. Ryan. Blue? Right. Yeah, his name is Lou, but I called him Ryan because he looked a little like Ryan O'Neill. So, Well, that was our thing. That was my thing with him. Anyway, he got me. He really got me. You know, I think it's because he was gay. Got the nuances more. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Gotta get me a gay, Mickey. Gotta get a gay. And that, I think, says everything I need to say. Gays get the nuances. Mm, nuance. Have a drink, yeah, Mary. Have a drink, Mary. Have two drinks. It's not just me have saying, girlfriends. Yeah. yeah. So that was very validating, and I think is a perfect segue into uh I think something we're both very excited about is to start talking about the comeback. They come back. Hello, hello,
1: hello. Did you notice, Colin, that she says hello, 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 just like RuPaul does whenever he enters
0: the workroom? Yeah, I mean, so I'm assuming I'm assuming it's a reference to that. It like, must be. It must be. Yeah, yeah. Because I, right? I feel like, you know, I was re-watching Paris is Burning recently since it's back on Netflix or it's now on Netflix or whatever. Uh, and – I could not believe how many lines from that movie. I was like, "Okay, RuPaul. Oh, that's where that came from. Oh, that's where that came from." Like so many little things. RuPaul is just quoting that movie 40% of the time that he's talking. And so it was So now, supp-
1: now, yeah, so it's funny to hear "Hello, hello, hello," being perhaps of Valerie Cherish origin. Yeah. Uh, and every single time she said it, I'm like, "Ah, oh man another RuPaul reference or yeah. another reference for RuPaul um, yeah. So, so yeah so we have um, this this character and I, I want to start Colin just to kind of frame how I'm how I watch the show moving forward but there was a great monologue that Valerie gives and she's giving she's in her dressing room and she's giving it to Jane on camera and she starts talking about how oh this was um she was going through security Mm-hmm. And it came out that she had scoliosis as a child. Valerie Cherish had scoliosis as a child and, you know, needed to have surgery. And there's a metal rod in her back. Mm-hmm. And it uh, then it spurned on this conversation or this monologue that she talked to Jane about how uh, Valerie, when she was a little girl, um, she was in a full body cast and uh, for like one summer and was uh, on the field hockey team. And while she couldn't play, she would still uh, give water to the players. She'd go to every game. She'd cheer them on from the sidelines just so she could be part of the team, just so she could do it. And just to say, you know, she wore the uniform even though she was in a, this this body cast. And and, and so she's telling the story. And then all of a sudden she, she kind of breaks and she starts to cry mm-hmm. uh, when she says, and, you know, they didn't even let me in the the, the team picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, oh my, it's such a gut punch. It's so, I think when we talk about this idea of seeing the real Valerie Cherish, it was like, oh, there it is. There's like, we've gone, we've gone very down, very deep into like the core of who she is and why she is, why she's doing this, why she is this person and why she's. starving
1: for acceptance starving for validation constantly to be a part of something to be noticed to be a a person that's a part that's contributing and the contributions are worth something and to the point where she's a part of the picture and that they're going to allow her to be a part of it and I just see this in so many gay men that I know I'm getting very emotional right now I just have to kind of calm down um, so I apologize for our listeners, but I just see this in so many gay men that are constantly picked last in basketball or mm-hmm. in gym class. They're, they're, uh, they're picked on at school. They're picked on by their parents or they just don't, they just don't fit in because they like to, you know, wear nail polish and makeup or they just, uh, don't fit in because all of their friends are girls and they don't know why because mm-hmm. they're too young to goddamn know why. Um, and they don't like the the things that many of their Cub Scouts like, and they they can't join the Brownies because you know it's not necessarily for boys, and it's not the cool thing to do. And they're constantly on the outside; they're constantly these outcasts. And I feel like Valerie is is the perfect outcast here, and we have encountered her in a very important part of her life, where she had fame,
0: mm-hmm.
1: she had <clears throat> validation. She had that sense of of ownership over who she was. The only problem was is that it was Hollywood and she was very young. And it didn't last long because she never really connected to why she needed the validation in the first place. She never connected to, oh, it's not my acting skills. It's actually me. I'm a good person. I'm someone, right? Which is another thing we'll talk about. Yeah, right? yeah. She, <clears throat> she never got to that point of her life where – it was She was being validated for all the things that she did when she played Val, but she, or when she played um, the I Am It Girl. Right. But she was never validated necessarily as Valerie Cherish, as a person, not an actress. And I, I feel like the comeback is, oh, she gets to play Valerie Cherish all of a sudden. And she still is being told by other people and telling herself, oh, I have to, I have to put on this character. I can't actually be real. I, no that i can't be mm-hmm. the girl on the field hockey team uh, that can't be me that, that people don't want to see i don't want to see that people don't want right. to see that so she built this shell to protect that little girl um from from any pain or any sort of um all of the shit that gets thrown at her throughout these two seasons um and and we finally throughout the season get to see more of her like you were saying before when she breaks quote unquote character and we we see the girl in the cast like screaming anyway.
0: yeah yeah i mean it's you know i think that there's so much obviously there's so many ways to interpret this character in the show as like being really funny looking at her as this kind of like egomaniac like there's there's this kind of ridiculous quality and or, and a way of looking at the comeback it's like we're obviously getting super heavy about a show that is really fucking funny, but like – It's hilarious, yeah. But I think that the – I think part of the reason that it's so funny is because there is this iceberg of tragedy underneath the surface. Right. And that's – because if it was just this kind of ego, you know, ego maniacal, you know, washed-up actress trying to get an edge of the spotlight, you know, back in, into her grip, it'd be like, okay, that's funny and that's interesting and that's cool. But yeah. like – it's not. You know, I was
1: going to say, the, the first three or four episodes, you don't really see much of who Valerie is. You just see this, you know, egomaniacal, I'm it, kind of a borderline offensive, racist kind of woman right. um, who's just ignorant, right? Uh, and you have to kind of stick with her to kind of see more of her.
0: Yeah, it's – and I think that that's – I think that's why, I mean, that's why this show is something you can watch over and over because there's just always, there's different ways of watching what's happening the entire time. Like, you can watch that first episode and then think about that girl on the field hockey team and and what that wound, and how that wound is still so fresh that as she tells the story, she tears up, you know? And you can kind of go back and watch it from that lens and it's like, oh, I, I totally get you now. And I feel like... I've had that experience of rewatching the first season after watching the second season and then kind of rewatching it again and like reprocessing it. And it's like you get more and more on her side sooner and sooner the more you watch the show because it's like, sure. oh, I totally see who you are underneath all of that. And and that's like that's. I mean, it's. And we talk about this with drag race all the time. We talk about this in terms of Ben de la Creme and Laganja Estranja, these queens who come out with characters, and it's like, right. No, I want to see the. I want to see the performer yeah. behind that.
1: You can't control everything, right? You can't yeah. control how people see you. You yeah. can't. They're always going to see through it. Always. Yeah.
0: It's and it's such a you know it made me think one of the the elements of the show that I think is really interesting is. There is this, you know, emperor wearing no clothes quality to Valerie that she she is, you know, often and more so in the first season, incredibly self-absorbed and really just going along with this incredibly naive point of view. And it's the ways that the people in her life around her support that or allow that or don't or validate that in some way. Like I think, for example, of her husband, Mark, who's such an interesting character because he he doesn't. There are times where he's clearly kind of rolling his eyes at Valerie and this whole, like, reality TV thing. But at the same time, then there's these moments where he's genuinely supportive of and, like, a fan of hers, you know? And Right, in the
1: audience. He, oh, he, he loves was, her.
0: And he loves her and, like, thinks she's genuinely funny. Like, he's not just patronizing her. And I think right. that, you know, it's it's interesting that she has this, like, distorted view of reality and that nobody except for really like this woman, you know, this friend Donna, nobody calls her out on it. Mm, and I wonder what right. that's about, if it's because she's existing in a world full of other self-absorbed people so nobody's sure. calling anybody out. Oh my out. god, brilliant point. Brilliant you know? point. Yeah. But it's just interesting how this cuz you look at someone like this and you're like, god, how do you just like continue through the day with such a delusional point of view?
1: Well, I feel like Mark definitely is like, oh, she needs this. I know she needs her Emmy. I know she mm-hmm. needs this validation that I can't give to her. Right. I've tried our whole marriage. I've tried and I still can't give it to her. Um, so I know I, I understand why Mark isn't. I feel like it's a great point that you make is like well, everybody else is kind of self-absorbed and they're also kind of over it. They're like, oh, I've seen people like her before. It's like, well, right. You know, what can right. I do? She's oh, she's just Hollywood. OK, she's awful.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you know, nobody is really, and this I think is is a really important point about the comeback. Is nobody is totally good or bad. You know, like the the people, like even, I mean, Polly e. G. I think is the closest to just like an out and out villain on the show. But yeah. then I think of somebody like Mickey, who's such a good companion and such a good sidekick. But at the same time, I mean, if you think of like what the backstory of who Mickey is, like he makes money by, you know, like. He's also hanging on to uh, Valerie's coattails, you know, because it's like Mm -hmm. so long as she's working, he's working, you know? And so there is that fine line that somebody like Mickey walks where he is genuinely supportive of her and is genuinely um, on her side, but at the same time you know because this is Hollywood and this is what this business is like and that's the commentary that the show is making that everybody's also kind of got their own agenda, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think she gives – I don't mean to
1: make him seem like a 2D character, but she often gives him purpose. And I I know people like that, especially when you get older, Mm -hmm. it's like, and I think of my mom and you know, every single time I come home, she has to go shopping with all the food that I used to like, you know, seven years ago. And it's like, ugh, you know, I can't, I definitely can't criticize her. God bless her, right? It's like, this is what, this is, she doesn't have a job. She doesn't have a job. She does crossword puzzles cleans the house and watches Judge Judy, right? Like that's kind of all she does. And then she like, when when I come home for a day, for like four hours, it's like a big event and it gives her a purpose. And I feel like with Mickey, God bless him, like, oh, oh, I, I gotta wake up and I gotta do her hair. Oh, this is yeah. this is what I gotta do. This mm-hmm. is what I'm good at. I need to be there for her. I love her. I, I'm gonna do this. This is, oh, she needs me, even if she doesn't need him. And she does
0: oh totally i mean i think that that relationship is so interesting in the show and could be so it it's so much deeper than it could be it could just be this very like oh he's just her crazy gay hairdresser but it's such a complex relationship and i think oh and we
1: see it all the way to the last all the way yeah i loved i loved how it all ended up with her relationship to mickey that's what sobered her up yeah is that, is that, that was real thing. connection it wasn't her husband which mm-hmm. it, it i mean at the end of the day it kind of was but the minute mickey needed her she i mean throughout the season she would stop when he mm-hmm. was sick with cancer spoilers uh yeah. she mm-hmm. she she never complained about it she right. was she was just as positive as she could be incredibly scared you could tell and and it ended in the last episode because of him, and, and yeah. oh God, uh, like that—that that I think is an important gay character, right? Because oh, he he fulfilled yeah. every stereotype, but at the same time, was was less of a purse for her. He wasn't oh, a purse. He yeah. was like a tree for her, just to yeah. lean on.
0: You know, the to that point, because I've been thinking a lot about how he was the thing that pulled her out of this show and out of this performance, and it reminds me of in season one when she sees the magazine cover, the Entertainment Weekly cover about is reality TV dying and she's starting to worry that, like, am I am, am I just, like, am I just throwing my career in the in the garbage right now? Like, am I just making such a wrong move right now? And then Mickey, you know, picks up on the fact that she's feeling pretty tense. He's like, I, he said, I think it's time for a latte and takes her to Starbucks. Oh. And there's this beautiful moment in Starbucks where she's thinking, oh, my God, I have to, like, do so much more to try to keep up with these other reality shows. And Mickey says... Just you is enough. You will always – just as Valerie will always be and always have been enough. And it's uh, it's perfect. It's so meaningful. And what's great about it is it's a moment that they're not necessarily on camera. Like they're just – they're clearly mic'd and the cameras are like across the street. They forgot. So it's a, they forgot. It's this private moment. And you realize that that's what Nick, Mickey is for her. And that's exactly what she and like all of us need to hear is somebody to say – you, you know-
1: oh god enough,
0: yes you know yeah and i and i think we talked about this the
1: other day colin and i by the way all week have been like putting a pin in it because yeah we were, like, yeah started talking about the I like, oh we can't talk about the comeback um but uh you know we were talking about earlier that um throughout the show just like donna just like mickey just like the director on the red carpet all of these people throughout the show are telling valerie valerie snap out of it mm-hmm. valerie this isn't real your relationship with mark is real you as a person are worth it you are fine you are great you are talented even the woman with the new york times like it's just like you're phenomenal and Mm -hmm. she cannot hear it and it's it reminds me of drag race when it's like you are a star tammy brown right what do you want me to tell you right you are a star but i can't convince you of that it reminds me of the wizard of oz it's like only you are going to be able to realize that. And mm-hmm. and, it t- and it took Mickey getting sick or whatever, but Valerie to realize what the fuck was important.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting about Valerie is like, cause I was reading some interviews that Lisa Kutra did, you know, after the season two premiered and, you know, really talking about Valerie. And, and for example... You know, when we see Valerie, we see the dailies of her and seeing Red. And it's that clip where she's like leaving the voicemail for Mitch. Her character, Valerie, right, right. is leaving the voicemail for oh, Mitch. Okay. And it is this fabulous moment. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. And it's like, and she, of course, is like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I'm being seen this way. And of course, it's just, it's this amazing. Yeah, I look terrible. I look terrible. I look terrible. And we're like, yeah. you don't even get it. You don't even get it. And what's interesting is, you know, I think one of the interviews I was reading was they were, you know, the guy had asked uh, Lisa Kutro, like, is Valerie, like, really a good actress? Like, does she know what she's doing? And Valerie said, I think she's accidentally good. I don't think... I think that she... I don't think that she's this, like... You know, basically, we're saying she's not this this architect of the performance. I think she didn't even know she was doing it. It just came out. And it makes me think of a queen like Alyssa Edwards, where it's like, oh, this is just who you are. Sure. You know? Sure. And it's like... It, yeah. So there's something about Valerie that... It's, I, there's, it's like... She, Valerie to me has all of this potential energy and has been afraid to channel it in this way because she's so afraid of how she's going to look and what people are going to think of her uh-huh. and and it, what's interesting about this clip from the dailies of her and her seeing red is she's like oh my god he pushed me to this point it was after twelve takes I was super tired and I thought oh. The story that I inject into that is that she was too tired to maintain the Valerie Cherish character. Yes. And, he, yes. and finally, we got to see Val and get to see something real. And this is what the New York Times woman says like, it was just so emotionally raw, and we've never seen the side of you. Yeah. And it's brilliant. It's so yeah. good. And she's so afraid of that thing that's like, uh. it's the best of her, you know? Yeah. The, the demon, right? The, uh,
1: releasing the Kraken, as RuPaul yeah. would say. Yeah, Yeah. like,
0: and it's just—it's so real and it's so raw and it's so true, and that Valerie just interprets that as like ugly, like oh my god, no one can see this. This is not what people can see. Right. And I just—I think that that's. I mean, it'd be so easy to just sit here and talk about all of like the really funny moments from the show, and maybe that'd be a more fun segment. But like, this is the stuff about the comeback that I think makes it like just a classic TV show, like just. Brilliant is like all of this stuff is going on underneath a show where she's dressed up as a cupcake and throws up and like yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah, to yeah. see that oh, and <laughs>
1: yeah I don't need to see that I don't need to see that <laughs> right. I don't need to see that right I want to see that
0: I mean it's and I mean give her another helped. take yeah <laughs> yeah all of that is like, is brilliant I mean there there are so many oh, moments no. like, I
1: was going to say uh, I'm just
0: go, go okay. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I think of a moment like the first episode of the second season when she's in the parking garage and she's trying to leave and the gate won't go up because she used the wrong ticket. And she has that moment where she breaks because the guy behind her is honking and she breaks and says, I know, I know, I did a stupid thing. And it's so (laughs) funny. And yet what I find so great about that moment is, oh, this is the real Val. Like it's funny, but it's also like the subtext of, oh, we're seeing her like breaking or, or when
1: she gra- when she grabs a cigarette in the last episode of the first season or when she's mm-hmm. yelling at her stepdaughter with the wine
0: and chasing <laughs> oh the kid <laughs>
1: grab him grab him can you grab him jane <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that's what for some reason that's one of my favorite lines from the whole series is can you get him jane like it's <laughs> Cause she's running with the wine glasses in her fingers and her purse. Oh oh and then when the kid is climbing over the fence and she says, What's your name? and he says Kevin and she waits a second, she goes, Costner <laughs> <laughs> Like there's so much brilliance in that in that moment she's like, Wait a minute, are you Kevin Costner's son? That would change yeah, everything. Right, it would change everything. I mean, that is nuance upon nuance. Mm-hmm. I I just I am so those, well, you moments, know, I, uh. I, I
1: wanted to mention, but I, I, there's so many other moments of nuance that I want to talk about. But uh, the other thing that I think that also makes this kind of in line in the world of RuPaul's Drag Race is that it is a show that turns things on its head. It yeah. is the first time that I kind of woke up to reality TV, and like you were saying earlier, how it's piggybacked with a sitcom, and oh, if this one fails, at least we'll have the reality show. Mm-hmm. So watching. This reality TV show, all of a sudden now, I watched, after watching um, the comeback back in 2005, I started watching reality shows differently. Because I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, how many times did they do this take? Or, oh, wait, the cameras had to go in the door first. Right. Or, oh, wait, so wait, so wait, so the phone rings, and oh, they probably had to call back to get it on camera. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, they had to there's there's certain things that they need and so then i started noticing the editing and i'm like oh my god this yeah. whole thing is edited that what she was just saying she wasn't saying in that scene they just took that from another you know time and space yeah so all of a sudden it, it for me it, it's like what with wizard of oz and what rupaul always talks about the man behind the curtain was revealed it was like yeah. oh this is this is all a game. <gasps> this is all just a story that they're telling to entertain people, entertain people, and right. and you know, give us a show. And so I started watching Real Housewives uh, of Atlanta differently, and I'm like, oh my god, Nene Leakes, you are
0: brilliant at this, right? Right. You are,
1: and then and then the one who I think is the master of it is Tiffany Pollard I love New York.
0: Oh, she is she a is master of reality a television. A
1: brilliant reality star because yeah. not only did she did she climb her way out of the muck that was Flavor Flav, Flavor of Love, yep. but she created multiple spin-offs, one of them being New York Goes to Work. Which is... (laughs) Oh god, I've never even seen that. Oh, we have to post uh, this clip. Oh my god, Colin, you are going to be so impressed. There are so many jobs that she does, and it's hilarious. So, uh, it just makes me think of reality TV and how... how It's it's still TV. It's still written. Mm -hmm. It's still curated for us, right? Um, And uh, that's also why I think this is so right on brand with RuPaul. Because RuPaul loves when things are just kind of ripped open and exposed and we kind of see everything from a different point of view.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, it, it makes me think of, you know, the, the Tiffany goes to work is then it makes me think of the littlest assistant on the comeback. Uh, but there's this oh, whole sure. thing of her being different. It's like that there's so much that like the comeback was suggesting. And what's funny is like the first season, all of these ideas that it's suggesting, there's this kind of, it, it feels like high satire, you know, like when they go to the upfronts and they're showing some of the other reality shows and you're like, okay, well, this is like, you're, it's almost a parody at this point, like some of the examples of the other shows. But now, now that we've had like another, you know, since the since the comeback first aired, like another 12 years, it's like, well, no, because this isn't that different from like people eating bugs and, you know. Right. Uh, like certainly sacrificing Large amounts of their dignity for, you know, cash prizes and for vacations, you know, it's it it really is. It's Yeah, it's just it's interesting how how prophetic the show was Mm. Uh, And and I also think in comparison how season two feels about the commentary that it's making, you know nine
1: years later Nine years later and all of a sudden It's still brilliant and they still have So much more to say about it I just wanted to go back to the upfronts though Because there's a Mm -hmm. moment where we see Valerie uh, The real Valerie And if you want I I know it's one of your favorite moments Yeah
0: Yeah, I think it's really I think it's actually really one of the first times We see because it's the second episode And it's the first time we see the real Valerie Come out and it's Mm. when they go to the upfronts and, you know, and so what happens is that, the, you know, the shows are all kind of getting announced and then the cast is announced to come out and wave and say hello to the crowd. And so Valerie, I mean, she's feeling like this this is her comeback within the comeback. Like I'm back to the same, you know, uh, the same station that I was on with I'm It. And so the guy announces the cast of, uh, of Room and Board and doesn't mention Valerie's name. And so she uh. – and it's a great moment. There's – I mean – it is cut print Emmy, like everything that yes, happens in that like 45 Emmy. second yeah. clip where she's just like, why Why did they even bring me out here? Like she starts to break down, she starts to get upset, and then the stage manager was like, I can't remember, he says something like, you need to get the fuck out of here or something like that. And then she just snaps and she says, oh, you want to throw the fucks around? I can throw the fucks around. And it's like, oh, this is someone This is, this someone is the who- girl on the field hockey team. Right who this is, is like no this... I'm
1: going to be in that picture I'm yeah. going to be in that goddamn picture because I'm a part of the team and I this I have two shows on this goddamn network Yeah I have yeah. a reality
0: show and I have Room and Board and I, I'm going to be on there Right and and there's this element of her being this it both at times she's a monster in this moment at the same time she's that girl on the field hockey team and then when Mickey says, oh, my God, I think they're announcing you now, I was like – I was like, oh, my God. I was Valerie. I felt everything she was feeling. Like, oh, my God. Oh, it's happening. Oh, this is so silly. Oh, what was oh, like,
1: Right. And oh, you're, God. And, you're just like,
0: and there's this element of like, oh, I flipped thank out God. for nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, know? you were relieved.
1: It, it, there was a sense of relief for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: and it's really – and I think – And she
1: just because... puts on that smile like that. Like, it was yeah. eerie, right? That's where you're like, oh, this woman has a lot to go through, right?
0: Right, right. And it really, like – that dichotomy of seeing the real Valerie and then seeing her put Valerie Cherish on oh, yeah. and go on stage oh, yeah. and to do it, like, seamlessly. To, like, this right. is this is a oh. muscle that she has worked. It's yeah, she just... does it
1: on the Jay Leno show in the last mm-hmm. episode of season one when, you know, she's screaming about how she's like, I'm going to tell them the truth about Polly G. And then they all start applauding and she comes out and she's smiling. And it's, oh, right. it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. You know, the one moment—actually, I have two moments, but one of the moments that I really want to talk about is when, uh, in season two, she uh, actually—she's separated from Mark, her husband, and they go out to dinner. And she wasn't going to have her mic on. She was—this was going to be a private moment. And she she was very stern with Jane. She's like, no, absolutely not. You got me into this mess. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, fuck you. Like, leave me alone. And Jane's like, please— like they want to see the love story between Mark and Valerie. Like we need to see it. And of course, she puts on the wire. And of course, Mark sees. You know, he catches her with the wire, and they they start fighting. And they're out in the parking lot. And he's like, um, he he brings up the fact. He's like, uh, you know, you, you nobody believed in you. Nobody thought that you were going to do this. Nobody, you know, nobody nobody thought that this was getting, that you were going to do well and whatever. And she's like, well, I believed in me. I, you can't call me nobody because I'm somebody. Mm. I'm somebody. Yeah. That's when I, that's when I lost it. Yeah. I lost it because that's when I heard uh, the, 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 you know, the girl on the field hockey team. Because yeah. I was like, well, yes, she believed in herself. And granted, there were many other people that fucking believed her along the way, Mark included. But all of a sudden, she was saying it to herself she was the one yeah. saying it and that was the first time we heard her kind of stick up for herself and say no 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 no! I am somebody I believe in me I believe in me and we hadn't seen that before yeah. and, I, and all of a sudden it was all sticking for her All Donna Mickey Mark all these people that did believe in her I, it, it just started to stick and she started to find a voice um, for herself and I oh, it was just such a beautiful moment
0: the way that she says, like I'm somebody, and like her voice like breaks just slightly. Yeah. It's like, oh, there is so much in you saying that. That statement means so much to you. It's mm. yeah, it that oh that moment is great. Like that reminds me of when she's telling the field hockey story, and then when she yeah. starts to break when she says like, you know, they wouldn't let me be in the picture, and it's just right. It's that whole idea of getting caught, like which I think is so much. Of even the way the comeback is filmed, you know, I, I think she was saying in some interview that you know most of these reality shows, like they cut away before things get really awkward. You know, the things are edited so that you don't see the awkward parts and the human moments. But with the comeback, it lingers and you see those moments and you see those human moments, and that's that's where the real story is going on underneath. And I think I, that those, like again, it's like God, Lisa Kudrow, like I, you know, and what's interesting was when when, when when they're. They're like asking her, "On what's the tea? Like, where do you come up with this? How, you know, wh- what's the thought process?" And she's just kind of, she's like, "I don't know." She says so many times, "Like, I don't know. I just and and I get it in a way. I think that I think that the character and the world of of Valerie Cherish just exists in in Lisa Kudrow's mind, and it's like I just channel that character, and so all of these things that happen come from that world and come from that perspective and that persona. So there isn't like this. Calculated moment of okay, well, when I say this, I'm going to do that. You know, it's it's just like you you channel Valerie, and then she takes over, and it just it makes a lot of sense to me. But I can understand that perspective of wanting Lisa Kudrow to break it down like granularly, like how did you do that, like what was the the thought process there? But I don't know when you watch this performance, it's like. It's like I would imagine that she you just com- she completely lose herself in Valerie like you're not making decisions as an actor anymore right right no no she's completely gone and that's a that's that's the art process
1: right that mm-hmm. is art being made yeah right when oh you yeah you lose
0: yourself yeah yeah, yeah it's really uh, I mean another moment before we sort of wrap things up in the comeback that I think we of course have to talk about almost was the clip of the week but it is the desert monologue sure. It is the don't invite me to set, uh, you know. I'm not a child. Did they,
1: ch- <laughs> they teach you that in, in, a- in director school, school yeah. in AD school, that, you know, actors, oh, actors love to sign their autograph. Oh, so you have to ask for their autograph at the end of the day. And right. You have to invite them because they're
0: like a child and they're, when, they're really sensitive. And when she <laughs> says, because she's like, don't ask for my autograph. I know you're not a fan. <laughs> it's... And what's brilliant about that I mean it's a brilliant line but what's great about that it's Valerie Cherish being able to own like okay you don't like me it's fine yeah, i get it right. you know Watch and she you. says to the 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 line producer the same and she's like and i know you're not a fan like she yeah. just it what's so cool i mean this is a it's actually the the clip is on youtube i will post it on twitter out of context it's still a brilliant monologue but in context, it's even more brilliant. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's, she's, in, the, she's in the catering truck making beef rollatini in her costume. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh it's just so fantastic. But it's also this really amazing moment for Valerie as a person to just be like, mm-hmm. I don't need you to like me. I don't yeah, need. I don't it. need you to be my yeah. fan. I just want to. And you know, she's like, I'm just trying to save my marriage here. I just want to film this stupid right. scene and go right. home. That stress, yeah, yeah.
1: And you know, we see that in reality shows all the time. That stress, right? Where yeah. they have to break character. And I mean, I love that about Drag Race, right? We see those meltdown moments, right? The Laganja yeah. because I'm such a disaster, <laughs>
0: right? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's totally. It, it's. It all makes perfect sense to me, like, how someone... We talked about this, think like last week or whenever, that if I was on a reality show, I would... I would have that moment in the second episode. Like, <laughs> it would be... I would be that guy in Top Chef Just Desserts, the Red Hots for my mommy. The
1: Red Hots for my mommy, yeah.
0: It's like, dude, we just started. <laughs>
1: yeah, we... Li- it is literally the second
0: episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think... I think it's appropriate to wrap things up on the comeback, and I realize that, like hopefully our listeners are fans of and we watch the comeback because we've given you no intro to the show we are assuming yeah. you know this show as well as we do and right. if if this doesn't inspire you I mean I feel like if you haven't seen the show this is great context and of course tons of spoilers to watch the show because there's just yeah. if you're a fan of drag race it's
1: only a half an hour long like it's it's easy to get into
0: yeah it's and it's it just there's so many themes. That I think it has in common with Drag Race, and I think yeah. what I what I really love about, and we've talked about, it, is what I love about the comeback is when we really see Valerie, and that's such a theme on Drag Race of seeing the performer underneath the queen, and of course it's you know it's what we finally see completely unadulterated in the last like ten minutes of the show. You know, right. which is Valerie finding out that Mickey's collapsed. He's gone to the hospital and she leaves the Emmys. And then the entire show changes. It's no yep. longer raw footage of this. It's
1: not hand in camera. Yeah. yeah.
0: We're now just watching real life Valerie Cherish. Right. And it's, I mean, she's amazing in it. I mean, it, the, the her performance. Oh, no, Lisa Goodreau is
1: amazing. And she's she was robbed every single time. That yeah. it was nominated. Uh, she yeah. was nominated for Best Actress. I mean, she is so good. And I just forget that it's Lisa Kudrow. I'm like, oh, that's Valerie Cherish.
0: Yeah, it's so... It. I mean, it is so nuanced. Drink, drink. It's so lived in. But the that final 10 minutes is really powerful because uh. we finally just get to see it. We get to see the thing we only got to see glimpses of for the whole run of the show. And right. it all feels very genuine. You know, like, I... I think what – like, for example, when she goes gets to the hospital and she meets with the doctor and, you know, the doctor says, you know, he's fine and whatnot and then says, oh, what a pretty dress and – what's that?
1: Spoiler.
0: Oh, spoiler. Yeah, sorry. Tons of spoilers. Uh, And then the doctor says, oh, what a pretty dress, you know, and Valerie kind of hesitates for a second and then says, oh, it's at the Emmys. Like she – Valerie cherished the character would have taken the opportunity to say, oh, you know – is I was nominated. nominated yeah, but, you know, yeah, but the fact that she was like, you know, she says it, but she doesn't take the opportunity to get any fame. from Yeah, it. she's kind of like, she's kind of like, show me where the room is. Yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. still more important. And I thought right. that said so much, you know. And and of course, I'm so happy that she actually won the Emmy in the end.
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! It totally made. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She deserved it. She absolutely mm-hmm. deserved it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's it's a great show. You know, they apparently the the door is open for a season three like hbo is like whenever you want you let us know and so what she said is she and michael patrick king uh so the co-creator they're kind of they're talking that's what she's been saying for a while Is they're talking and it makes sense because it's like where do you go from here like what's the next story you know yeah so so the comeback uh it is it is so good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's we love we, it we love we, it please yeah. check
1: it out or you know check it out and then hate it and then tell us why you hated it yeah and if you uh, we are won't a fan try to show. convince you
0: otherwise you know but yeah. if you are
1: a fan please let us know that you are a fan so that we don't feel so out on a limb miss watson you know, yeah. saying, mary?
0: <laughs> you know what i'm saying mary
1: and now moving on to our reoccurring segment Oh, give her another take. All right. Come on.
0: Give her another take.
1: Give her another take. So we're going to give the season nine queens another take and kind of give them their due. Uh, So Colin and I are going to go through four queens this week uh, that we each kind of did our own research as best as we can. And we're hoping that um, some listeners uh, can throw in any other information or clips that they find uh, via Twitter uh, at all right, Mary, or you can email us at all right mary uh, podcast at gmail dot com, and just let us know um, if we missed anything because you know I am super psyched for this season, so uh, I am taking any scrap of information that I can. Yes, so ma'am. without further ado, here is give her another take. Um,
0: and Colin, why don't you why don't you start? Sure, sure. So one of the queens, we we split up the work this week, and so one of the queens that I've been doing a little bit more research on is pheromone. And mm-hmm. when oh. we talked about pheromone in our season nine Meet the Queens episode, I think we both were kind of like, all right, well, I, I don't think we really had much to kind of. Much that we were very excited about, right? Well, we, I mean, I loved
1: how fishy she is, but, but I I know that we kind of um, we kind of related her to Courtney Act, and you know because yeah. she's gorgeous, uh, and and we you know I think we, we I think we said that she was kind of young, um, and that we hadn't know we didn't know much about her, so I'm yeah.
0: interested to hear more. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I mean it's it's interesting, and I know that. There's sort of a I, it's 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 become this common thing now because of because Drag Race is in its ninth season that it's much more common for when a new season to be announced for current queens to be compared to past queens and I feel like there's been people kind of like getting like even like season nine queens getting frustrated with that it's like oh I'm not just another Naomi Smalls I'm not just like you know another Acid Betty but it's like this is what happens when a show just starts to create its own culture is like right. it creates its own reference points and so. Right. She is gorgeous. She I mean, is she gorgeous. Is. I will say the more that I, like, looked into her, the less I think that she reminds me at all of Courtney Act, except visually. Like, there is, okay. you know... She... You know, the information, I mean, as I think we talked about in, season, in the Season 9 Meet the Queens episode, she is a Vegas showgirl queen. She's originally from Austin, so, of course, she goes way back with Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Uh, hmm. And in terms of, you know, because the research I was trying to do was, like, what... What's on YouTube? What can we see about this queen now? Like, if a queen's on season nine, she's obviously got something to offer. And so it's like, what... If I were to try to, like, figure out why is Pharamone on season nine, is there any evidence out there to say, oh, I see why. It's because of this, this, and this, you know? Uh Uh-huh. I have to say, like, there wasn't really much about pheromone on youtube there's actually there is another there's like a canadian queen called pheromone and there's a oh. lot of videos of her on youtube so if you oh, do whoop. look up pheromone you're probably going to see if it, if it's a queen performing in halifax it's not this pheromone because so, i was watching <laughs> oh, one performance canada. yeah and i was like oh hey canada because uh, i was watching one video and i was like this doesn't really look like pheromone at halifax <laughs> all right uh but it oh. wasn't her at all she does have a video. She did some video with uh, this YouTube channel Gay God, who has you know a lot of you know big following. Um, but she did this video, sex tips with with pheromone, and it's really just them going back and forth, answering these like you know dirty questions out of a bucket. And oh. I, I could not finish the video. Part of it was because I. I It wasn't my cup of soup, Jocelyn Fox. It was not my cup of soup, uh, not my style of humor. And I don't mean to be like Max about that. It wasn't like, ooh, I don't like sex humor. It just wasn't – none of it was very funny to me. And I wasn't finding Pheromone particularly exciting and – and in fact the one thing that I did think was exciting about her, which was the whole like fetish quality that she talks about in her Meet the Queens video. Right. She right, kind of admits right, right. in this video, she's like, Yeah, maybe that was a little bit of a stretch. Like I didn't maybe she like didn't know they were gonna use oh, that or something.
1: Oh wow, oh wow.
0: Okay. And she kind of right. just alludes to that. And I was She like,
1: reminds me kind of like a burlesque ish showgirl. Like that's kind of the the look that I see of hers often.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that's kind of the look that she does. And in terms of performance, I mean I just haven't seen anything. Like I kind of feel like if she ends up in the bottom two, I think that I don't know who she based on what I've seen of the other queens, I've seen some fierce performances. I feel like if she ends up in the bottom two, it's like, oh, you're probably gonna go. Like Oh really? That's what I'm seeing. So oh, I no. think I think for Pheromone <laughs> My take on this queen right now, again, based on the limited information I have and what I can find Yeah, obviously,
1: obviously, no shade.
0: Yeah, I think that she goes into the season. She's obviously, she's beautiful. She is really likable. She's got a really nice kind of cool, chill energy. And I think that she probably is going to give good, like, workroom interactions. I think she'll be good TV in terms of the workroom and is a good balance of kind of what some of the other personalities seem to be. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I think in terms of how well I think Pheromone's gonna do this season, it really depends on if she can act, if she can be funny, if she can kind of match the levels that some of these other queens are matching. Like she seems like she might go under the radar a little bit, uh, based on what I've seen. So okay. I would right. say my, you know, my point of view now on Pheromone probably hasn't changed much since when we first got introduced to her. But she's still a beautiful queen, so I'll give her that.
1: All right. Well, thanks for that. Uh, I'll move on to one of my queens, which I thoroughly enjoyed looking at her merch. Uh, this is the Elephant Queen. This is Eureka O'Hara. Mm. Not to be confused with Fifi O'Hara. They are not in the same house. Okay. Um, that is um, not right. She, I think she explains how she got her name, right? Eureka is her mother's name. Yeah. Um, it was like the German spelling, but right. she took the vacuum spelling. Which right, I just kind right. of loved. I it's thought that was great. Drag. Yeah, very campy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and she she has um she's a couple hashtags. Uh, well, one of the phrases I love is I'm, I'm big, ready to jig and ready to win this gig, which I thought was cute. But um, That's good. her two hashtags are hashtag be yourself to free yourself, and then hashtag fat fashion icon, and fat is phat. All right. Um, so that was really cute. So she's 25. Um, her boy name is David Haggard. She's from Tennessee, Johnson City, uh, which is a real place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right, and, yeah. <laughs> and I, I believe she went to um, Eastern Tennessee University, uh, State Eastern Tennessee uh, Tennessee State University. Uh, you know, so she's a college-educated woman, okay. All right, um, yeah, she got her degree. So big, <laughs> yeah, so the big thing that I notice about Eureka is that while she's a big queen, I feel like it's not because she's fat. Like I don't think she's like this obese blob. She's actually she she carries it really well because she's 64. She's a, oh, okay. she's just a 64 kind of big girl and you know she's she's representing for all the big girls as this plus size drag supermodel of the world. Um and you know she's been in many many national stages uh, nine to be exact. And um her biggest goal is to give big people around the world uh you know confidence to to do what they want to do and not to be held down by their size, um, which I kind of love, right? I, I, obviously, I'm all for a cheerleader of sorts. Um, and from the 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 performances that I've seen of hers on YouTube, like like that's what I mean. She just seems so comfortable in her body, uh, which is so nice to see for a big girl because a lot of her outfits are tight. Um, you know, she's stuff still uh, ish, and she's yeah, she's she's she's, she's doing kicks. She's doing splits.
0: Yeah. She's doing
1: dancing. Like, she is cutting a rug down there. So um, I'll go in, I'll go into that in a little second. Um, so she actually – she's very um, active on YouTube, which is, I think, why she has such a big following. Because she actually um, records all of her successes and failures or battles, as she calls them, um, throughout her life. And she will, as I think, as David, as the boy – uh, we'll record about them and talk about them. Um,
0: oh, wow.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. Um, and so I'm kind of like, well, why is she on season nine? And that's certainly a reason why. I'm like, okay, you are a person that gives hope. You are a person that tells a story for, you know, all of the freaks and weirdos, you know?
0: Mm, yeah. Um, I like that. I, I feel like that's, you know, when we talk about RuPaul's brand and whatnot, it's like, oh, you're a good voice to have on television. You're a good perspective oh, yeah. to have on television. Mm-hmm.
1: And let me tell you, the video of her doing um, Britney Spears' uh, You Better Work Bitch, mm-hmm. uh, I'll post it on the Twitter. Uh, she she bounces in the split. All right, Mary. All like, right, she's, Mary. She's... She's she's doing she's doing what a lot of big girls are afraid to do, which I think is great. Yeah. Um and, and just to echo her Meet the Queens, she says she's the Kool-Aid man meets Eureka's Castle, meets Hobby Lobby, meets Grand Duchess, meets Mary Queen of Scots, meets fabulousness. And you know, I'm just like, Oh, I'm buying all of it, Mary.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm just like armfuls grabbing it off the shelf. Yeah, yeah. I
1: you know, So I, in terms of what I'm gonna get- oh,
0: go ahead. I'm you no, she's a queen I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. I really think she has a lot to offer. She,
1: and I went through her Instagram, and she is really, really gorgeous. Like, she mm. can paint. She can paint. So yeah. I was really happy to see that. And, uh, you know, she's a perfectionist, she says, in the Meet the Queen. So I think she's going to be a good character to have around. I, You know, it all depends on what the other girls are going to bring. And obviously we can't, you know – totally guess just based on all of this information but you know i'd like to see big girls stick around i really like it when there is diversity in looks and mm-hmm. granted i don't think she's like the only big girl uh she is the only kind of professed big girl of season nine
0: right um, right in terms of like is, that role yeah
1: yeah um so i yeah I, I hope she sticks around um i hope that she doesn't just Fulfill that role and then is voted off because she's, you know, she can't cut it with the other girls. I, yeah, I think she's great. Um, so I'll definitely post the, it's her all in pink, uh, the Britney Spears uh, work video.
0: All right. Yeah. Eureka. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about her. I think, uh, you know, I think that all those elements of the, of the fact that she's, she, you know, and she says this in her Meet the Queens video, that she's doing things that, you know, big girls aren't supposed to do and she's wearing things big girls aren't supposed to wear. It's like, well, that's exciting. Like, that's, yeah, you know, that's really cool. So. Well, good for her. Good for Eureka. I'm uh, looking forward to more. So the other queen that I was digging into uh, and learning more about in the past week was Trinity Taylor. And this is a queen oh. that I
1: Oh, I, I totally misjudged this queen. I Yeah. Totally this queen. Sorry, I just had to say that out loud. She oh, is, the looks. The looks. Anyway, sorry.
0: She is. She. I mean, she's been doing. She's been doing this Trinity. You know, drag this character for 14 years. Uh, she's an Orlando queen. She actually it was uh, in 2014 that she won Entertainment of the Year over Alyssa Edwards, and I saw one of the performances that she did at that at that. Uh, that pageant and it's it's on YouTube and I'll post it and it's um it's good like I'm it's it's good like she definitely she has she brings the look she brings the attitude she brings the nerve there's the exit that she has on the, like this one performance it's like you know this performance of titanium it's very reminiscent of that Candy Ho performance from a couple years ago. The, oh. Yeah. Yeah. The, the arms mm-hmm. and the head. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. All that. Love it's it. reminiscent Love of it. that. Ah! <laughs> yeah. So it's very much, uh, yeah, it's, it reminds me of that. And it's, I just, I am, here are my thoughts on Trinity. I think that she, I think that there is something very bizarre about her. And I think, I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, the plastic surgery, like the the way her face is like is shaped, the, the kind of expression and energy that she gives because there's this unnatural quality to like who what Trinity looks like. You know, like there's just there's something it reminds me of. You know that um that woman, uh Jocelyn Wildenstein, like the cat woman who's had like all that sir all the plastic oh surgery God, and look like course, a cat. Yes. She so Trinity reminds me of her mixed with like Melania Trump. Like there's this, you know, sort of classic beauty with this kind of like grotesque beauty and I don't know how much it's intentional with Trinity but I think when I see that it's that sort of milk quality of like oh this is kind of creepy at the same mm. time as it's sexy when I see that from Trinity I'm like really excited and I'm like oh, oh. if this is what you're doing okay but um at the same time she uh, she's in a, a you know she, I guess a, a sort of parody you know, drag queen parody music uh, duo called Lahore with this other queen. And they did a parody of applause by Lady Gaga called Schlong, which is on YouTube. And um, I, I think it was, it, I, I still haven't seen, I haven't seen enough from Trinity, including that video to really excite me about her but i think there's all these little elements about her like the like the sort of plastic surgery vibe that okay. she's giving off okay. like the okay. the fact that she does her I makeup. love the outfits i've seen. I mean, i yeah. she so all of them. editorial. Yeah, i mean there's there's definitely something interesting about her aesthetic and i've seen i think that the meet the queens look she had was maybe not a great representation of what she really does um, because she does do some really interesting drag her instagram has some great shots but I think, um, I think that her strength and that that she she sews all her costumes, she does makeup, she can sing, she can move like she, you know, she's got all of those qualities there. My question about Trinity that I am looking forward to seeing, much like Pheromone, is like, does she bring the added edge? Does she bring the personality? Is she bringing okay. the stuff that I am okay. getting from Sasha? Is she bringing the stuff I am getting from Nina? You know, mm-hmm. uh, because if she does, I think that Trinity is like a force to be reckoned with this season. I think that people could be misjudging her, but okay. I think it all depends on how much she, like, how much of, of the, how much of kind of the bizarre of, of what Trinity Taylor seems to be she brings out. At least from my point of view, in terms of how excited I'm going to be about her. Is, is she just going to be doing fish or is there going to be something more there? Is there something weird, something high drag and high I fashion think, there? That I, I think, think she's going to do high drag. I you think know? So. Yeah, I, I think that's so. that. That's definitely her edge in this competition because she could just do classic fishy drag, but I think that she has she has the aesthetic and she has the facial features to do something much more interesting. And so that's what I'm hoping we see this season.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, well, the last queen that um, I researched, I hit a goldmine. Uh, yeah, Shea Couleé. Uh, I will post. The video of her doing grown woman dancing to Beyonce, I was like, Oh, oh, okay. She's gonna do the whole song and thank God she's gonna do the whole song. All right, all right. Like this is this is a dancer, okay? And so I was like, Oh, she's a dancer and then I looked into it more and I noticed she had a video with James St. James. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh bitch can paint. So she Mm. does so I learned some things from the James St. James video. She's really good friends with kimchi so she has that kind of paint aesthetic that mm-hmm. kind of um attention to detail she hosts a uh, hashtag face at hydrate which is a nightclub on halstead uh the north end of halstead um in boystown uh it's kind of a, a dance clubby kind of bar um and she also has uh, a part in naughty little cabaret which is a drag burlesque show downtown um, which is great and really cool. Um, that kind of excited me, and some of the videos that I saw from that, I was really you know excited by. Um, so she's of course inspired by Naomi Campbell. Um, she has said this before. She's equal parts bougie, equal parts banshee. She uh, is champagne on a beer budget. Mm-hmm. And important to note, she has an art degree, and you know she went to school for costume design. Um, so all I mean, I already know. Uh, I guess she went to school for costume design. Um, she's been doing it since 2011, since in doing drag. Um, and she, uh, automatically I know she can sew, and I mm-hmm. know that she can paint, and I know she can dance. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a queen. And then I saw that she had a video with Gia Gunn, where she, oh. paints, she paints Gia Gunn, and Gia Gunn calls her the, Painted goddess, and uh, what Shea uh, paints on her is this ice queen kind of transformation. And uh, Gia called her Kimchi's daughter, so that's something interesting to note.
0: Wow, um, that's a yeah, that's quite a name. yeah, yeah. That's real, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it's real shit. So hmm. she can sew, act, dance, sing. She can speak French. Uh, she um, she woke up like this. Roll out of bed. Um, right. Her name uh, is beautiful boy in Swahili. Shay which I kind of love, also as a concept. So yeah. the other video I saw was her with on the on the podcast slash uh, show Cooking with Drag Queens. Um, so she was also right. featured on Match. I'm like, this is a big queen. So she had uh, she made pulled pulled pork enchiladas, uh, which I'm like, ugh, pork. <laughs> um, ugh. But, <laughs> but I learned a lot about her. So she said that. Um, Condoleezza Rice is her drag inspiration. And not because ah. of the way Condoleezza Rice looks, but it's because she can bridge cultural gaps with the largest tooth gap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. All right, shade for Condoleezza Rice, yeah. which I just
1: love. Um, she loves uh, when drag does not take itself too seriously, and she respects when girls have a point of view, uh, which I love. I loved hearing that, and I, I automatically knew that Shay then would have a point of view, and she certainly does. Um, all of her looks on Instagram are stunning. Like she mm. is a talented bitch. Uh, she loves Chipotle. She she you know she's not going to try to make Chipotle at home uh, because she just loves it. She loves rice. She loves vegetables, salsa. Um, she had a Mexican nanny growing up, and you know Chicago Queens loves Mexican because it's cheap and you can eat it late, just like her, uh, which I thought was a funny joke. <laughs> um, she uh, she says her honesty can get her into trouble. She calls herself kind of like a garbage drag queen. Um, She goes to thrift stores, sometimes the garbage, if it's like, you know, an editorial high drag look. Um, And the other thing that I found out about her, which is going to make her maybe good TV, is that she doesn't like to suppress things when she's in drag. Uh, She always just speaks her mind. She's kind of a salty queen. Um, And she loves to story tell. So I also listened to, and this is the last point I'll bring up about Shay, uh, is I listened to the podcast that these boys did, the Cooking with Drag Queens boys, um, mm-hmm. and she made it this really, really great point. Um, she said that this generation is in this era of calling people out, and uh, and that it used to be about bullying people, making people feel bad for who they were, and now we call people out, and by saying like, "Hey, you're not you're not thinking the right way," and uh, she says we need to try and create dialogue as opposed to pointing fingers um oh. you know check your privilege check your privilege uh ends the conversation as opposed to starts it so i i just uh I, I, from what i got this is a very smart queen uh she's not just smart she's talented she can sing she can sew she can dance for fucking days and i'm i she is automatically shot up to at least my top 5
0: wow wow i mean i that was the impression i got early on is that that she has the potential like she has all of those qualities she has you know she hits all the check marks for like how to do well on drag race so uh i'm glad okay, to see all yeah. that kind of confirmed you know yeah uh, oh right. she is
1: Colin. she is going to be special
0: oh well good oh very exciting all right right, Sheikh. Uh, who because we, we did read her a little bit in our meet the queens episode but i think you know what are you going do? to do? We She does still do the whole song, you know? She's going to do the whole song. <laughs> the whole song? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's our, our first segment of Give Her Another Take. Uh, uh, come on. Give her another take. Give her another take. <laughs> <laughs> and for the next couple of weeks, we're assuming, of course, we're, we're hoping and assuming that the premiere of the show will be March 20th. Uh, so we're going to be revisiting another batch of queens next week. Uh, and, and just kind of trying to get to know them as much as we can before we find out, you know, how it all went down on Drag Race. All right, well, if you want to
1: contact us, uh, let us know uh, what you think about some of these queens or, you know, uh, what you think about the comeback or if you want to send us pictures of your cats or your dogs or your hamsters or your rabbits or whatever you want, um, you can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or you can follow
0: us on Twitter Twitter, uh, at allrightmary and we'd love to hear from you. And uh, I don't know if I've mentioned in the past but it's probably just worth noting that you know, if you're online you could also head over to iTunes Okay. Uh, where there's the option to leave a rating, okay. leave a okay. comment, let us know you're oh. out there. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, preferably what you do like. Just let us know you're out there, and, yeah, and like, there like might be pe- a uh, th-
1: sorry, there might be a free tote bag uh, coming out of it. So.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, not for nothing. I am not too proud to uh, ply your affections on iTunes with tote bags, uh, but I will not be getting my tote bag equipment until April. So, um, but don't let that stop you. Uh, because obviously the more, the more feedback we get on iTunes, the more people think, oh, all right, Mary is a legitimate podcast and I should download and listen to that. And that's, of course, what we want. So uh, help a sister out and uh, I'll make you stuff and send it to you. So <laughs> you got that going for you. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. You have anything else to add, Mary? Anything else I, to add? I think that's all I've got to say. That's, that's everything I have to offer this week.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much for the conversation on the comeback. And uh, I guess I'll talk to you soon. Yeah,
0: I'll talk to you then. Until then, bye.
1: See you later. All right.